This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Nancy is a chartered financial analyst. Mississippians continue to deal with financial repercussions of the coronavirus pandemic. It's been with us since February and will have effects long into the future. Have you gotten your economic impact payment from the federal government yet? What are your plans for the money? We'll see what Nancy suggests when she takes your personal finance questions. So good morning, Nancy. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Kevin. I'm doing well and staying safe, and hopefully you guys are too. We are doing our best. So uh, you're adjusting to your, what is it, your basement studio, I think we we said earlier? Yes. Um, But I do have a pretty decent view of some flowers out here. So um, spring has sprung, and we are grateful for that. All right. So we are going to talk about the economic impact payments uh, in just a few minutes. But first, there are some interesting things going on in the financial world. One thing that comes to my mind is uh, the the price of oil. Talk about that for a minute, if you would. Gosh, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Um, You know, it was Ryder a few weeks ago who said to me, I I think oil may go to negative prices. And he was just looking forward to how much we were producing and uh, how the demand for that has declined. Know that the biggest use of oil is transportation. And we're all staying put now. We're not flying. We're not driving. um, And so that demand has just dropped off the cliff. And um, despite what a lot of people think about, you know, still getting our oil from the Mideast, uh, the U.S. is the biggest producer of its own oil. We are very good at uh, extracting oil. And um, and now we have just pumped so much out, and along with everybody else in the Saudis and the Russians trying to vie for market share in the middle of all of this, we just have more than we can use. In fact, more than we can store. Um, I got a call from a client yesterday saying, oh, should we buy some oil? I said, not unless you have a tanker, you know? Um <laughs> So um, they they are now at the point of paying people to store it, and um, the supply is going to have to catch up by slowing down. And so that's kind of the bad news for U.S. industry uh, production here because that means our oil industry will really be ramping down, and that's going to affect a lot of people. Uh, but in the meantime, though, I guess uh, for at the price of the pump seems to be uh, as low as it's been in a while. It is, and we do expect it to go lower. We don't expect it to go negative, <laughs> but um, we think probably we're going to see about a dollar fifty. All right. Uh, what about the stock market? I know it's been kind of up and down during uh, during the pandemic. What's the latest on on that? Well, it's a strange thing. Um, after the first big uh, drops, we've kind of leveled off. Uh, we still are having some big up days and big down days, but we seem to be trading in a range that makes us feel like we're close to the bottom. But the caution there is that we're probably going to stay there for a while because um, we are facing recession and uh, we're facing real economic problems that will extend for a while. Um, the stock market is always ahead of everything and so it's it's forward looking so it dropped before we really saw the economy pulling back but it's going to stay around that range for a while all right uh we've got a call on the line to start things off so let's say good morning to kathy in columbus you're on the air with us so go ahead kathy 
All right. I uh, recently suffered a loss, uh, but I have an inheritance check coming to me in the mail in the next week or two, and um, I'm really trying to figure out where to park it because my uh, online checking accounts are kind of maxed out, and I don't think there's any way to get much interest anymore. All the interest rates that the banks are paying have dropped. Well, Kathy, let me ask you this. What are your needs in the next six months to, to a year? What do you think will be um, that you'll be needing the cash for? I live very frugally, so I have a small uh, Social Security check and a PERS check that I've been living off of, so I don't anticipate needing it right away. Do you have a savings account? I don't have savings because I get better interest on my uh, online checking account. Okay. Do you have enough in your Actually, checking nothing. account to cover um, any big things, uh, let's say a car repair or the air conditioning goes out? Absolutely, and I have zero debt. Okay, perfect. Um, well, if that's the case, you might want to just take some of that inheritance and buy some CDs. Now, I know the rates are low. They're going to be ro low for a long time. We're expecting very low inflation. And, in fact, our latest consumer price numbers actually show prices going down. We're in deflation for right now. Um, but you probably need to protect most of that. And at some point when things settle out, you may want to talk to a financial advisor about taking a piece of that and investing it a little bit longer term, maybe looking at some longer term bonds or even some good dividend paying stocks. But for right now, you want to probably keep it pretty safe. Okay. And I, I understand I don't have to pay uh, inheritance tax on that. Is that correct? Probably not. Um, most of the time when you inherit money, if it's under the estate tax exemption limit, which is now about $11.5 million, then um, you're just going to take possession of it. If it's life insurance proceeds, there's no tax to pay. Um, if it's a portfolio, you're going to get something called a stepped-up cost basis, meaning that when you inherit those stocks, bonds, mutual funds, if you sold them immediately, there would be no capital gains and no capital gains taxes. So you're pretty, you're pretty clear with that. Wonderful. Well, I guess CDs, they're, they're out to go then. Thanks for calling. All right, bye-bye. Thanks, Kathy, for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. So the official name for the COVID-19 stimulus check is the Economic Impact Payment. Nancy, what uh, what's the latest information you can tell us about those checks? Well, they're pretty slow coming out. We've had several of our folks saying they have received them, but a lot more claiming they haven't shown up. And even some have said to me that they are finally getting through the system, the Get My Payment system, where you can check to see the status of your payment, and it shows they should have already received it, but it's not there yet. Um, be patient. Um, first of all, the Get My Payment system, when they rolled it out, we found all kinds of problems with it. All of the information had not been uploaded. The first people apparently to get their checks were the ones who had gotten refunds in previous years because that was easy for them. They already had uh, the banking information and it's set up to send money out. Um, the next batch looks like it's going to be our um, Social Security recipients. And so in the next week or so, they should be receiving their checks as well. All right. And uh, tell us a little bit about Get My Payment. What What is that exactly? Well, it is 
said to be a stimulus payment, but realistically, we don't think it's going to stimulate the economy very much. It's going to just keep people afloat and give us some relief. And we're finding that most people are spending it on necessities. Sometimes they're spending it on their rent or just groceries. And uh, and for other people, they may be holding it for a while, expecting some tougher times in the future that they may need that. But it's supposed to be $1,200 per person. And for an individual, that means if you've had income up to 75000 you should get that $1,200. For a couple filing jointly, um, the income limit is 150000 It does then phase out up to almost 200000 So a couple would get a total of 2400 And you're supposed to get $500 per child. Um, but we are, again, hearing about all kinds of problems because they're basing this, um, in many cases, on our 2018 returns. And some people have said to me, well, do I need to go ahead and file my 2019 returns because that has been delayed? And the answer is you shouldn't. They should be able to go back to 2018. But keep watching, be patient, expect there may be some problems along the way. So if someone is sort of looking to see where their payment might be or if they were a recent non-filer, is there the IRS site or is there a way they can go to try to get more information? Right. Um, there is a Get My Payment site. Now, in all of this, um, remember, it depends on you, you've got to have Internet and you've got to have a computer so you can get to this information. And um, before, when we had someone who didn't have Internet, we'd say, well, go down to the library. But the libraries are all closed. And so this gets to be a problem for some folks. But you can go to irs.gov and there is a um, Get My Payment. Um, there's also a site for people who have not filed because if you're under a certain income limit you're not required to file but you still may want to raise your hand and say excuse me i'm due that twelve hundred dollars and so you have to let the irs know who you are and where you are so they can send it out to you all right and before our first break uh, you mentioned the the change in the tax filing deadline what other information do we need to know about uh, our taxes well, you need to know mainly that the state filing is different from the federal filing. So the federal filing has been pushed out to July 15th, and um, we are hearing that that also applies to making IRA contributions. So if you're always able to make an IRA contribution for the previous year by the time you file taxes for this current year. So that looks like July 15th. But for the state of Mississippi, because we have a fiscal year that is different than a calendar year, then the deadline there is May 15th. We'll continue our discussion of economic impact payments after the break. We've got some COVID-19 money jokes coming up. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app.
You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear previous shows. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your phone, iPhone, or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Our producer, Liz Gills, come up with some observational humor, noticing how ads have gone from buy a Toyota to this is a difficult and uncertain time for us all. Buy a Toyota. So, Nancy, we'll get back into things, but first we do have a caller on the line. So, Michael is uh, called in from Hattiesburg. Michael, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my wife and I have both been retired just a year now, getting Social Security, and we've always had to uh, file taxes, but we've not received a refund in forever. We've always had to pay a little bit. We have not received the stimulus check yet. Are we going to be further down the line, or is there something we need to do to let them know that we're out here? You shouldn't have to let them know, Michael. Um, Now, what we are hearing is that those who received refunds, which you are not in that group, um, are the first batch to go out. And we expect that you're probably in the second batch. But here again, I'm getting information from folks who say, look, based on get my payment, my money should already be in my account, and it's not showing up yet. Um, so expect delays. Uh, remember that they are trying to push this out very, very quickly, and um, they're running into all kinds of issues, part of which is dealing with an old system that really wasn't cut out for something like this. But you should be in about the next round. How long should I wait before I would be concerned to uh, follow up with that website that you put that you talked about? I would probably wait till about the middle of May at this point. Um, I was telling people, you know, wait until the end of April. But again, there have been so many delays. Um, and I really think you're going to see probably something show up in the next week or two. What we're also hearing with the Get My Payment online tool is that it's gradually starting to come up to speed. So people were logging in and it was just saying, you know, payment information is unavailable. And the IRS is saying, well, keep going back every few days and watch for that and what we're also hearing is that it is populating and information is coming in but it's going to be slow thank you very much and thank you for your show y'all stay safe thank you thanks michael for your call so nancy i'm one of the fortunate ones that did get uh, the payment uh, direct deposited into my account because as you as you mentioned i did get a refund this year so again i was one of the lucky ones uh and i'm trying to be a little bit judicious with spending it i don't think it would be surprising you to let me uh, that i did buy some shoes uh, i knew you did yeah <laughs> but i did need a new pair did you order them did you order them online yes i did uh, and that's good. That. And and so tell me, um, when did you get your payment? Um, gosh, it's been. Uh, Kevin, I think you said last Tuesday with Ryder that it was pending in your account. Yeah, so I think I must have gotten it about a week ago. I, I, I um, and I actually put something on Facebook, so if I had it, I could go back and look. But I think it's 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 about about a week or so ago that I got mine. It was fairly quick that uh, that I got it in in my uh, in my bank account. And did you use the Get My Payment tool? No. I mean, that's the thing. I got it before I really, you know, uh, even needed to check on anything. It was it was there f- fairly quickly for me. 
but you've been one of the ones that gets a refund every year, right? So they already had that information, and they had the channel set up to send you money. Right, right. I usually, on the federal site, uh, usually do get a refund each year. So, uh, yeah, so like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the fortunate ones, uh, and I've been, you know, trying to trying to save the money somewhat. Uh, it's interesting to me, my, and this might not be an unusual circumstance for other people, but my grocery buying habits have changed. I was normally more one of someone, you know, buy a couple of things, that sort of thing, and frequent trips to the grocery store, but trying to limit my uh, contact with the outside world. I've been buying more groceries at one time, so I've noticed a little jump in, in, the, in the grocery bill every time I, I go there. So, um, but uh, And that's not unusual. Um, that's what people are doing. Um, they're stocking up. Of course, we're eating at home more. We're cooking more. Uh, frankly, I'm getting a little tired of that, but, uh, <laughs> um, but um, we've seen groceries um, that business has increased in sales about 26 percent. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's what we're doing. They're changing our habits. So you bought some shoes. Yes. Um, maybe some groceries. What else are you going to do with it? Well, I, I'm going to try to to not spend a lot of it. So I was going to just keep it in in my bank account, and um, you know, I'm going to try to uh, each month I send a little bit of money to my savings account. I've got an American Express online savings account. So for the next couple of months, uh, was going to uh, put, bump, pump a little more money into that. Uh, I have one credit card that I'm working on. All my other credit cards are are zeroed out. So I will plan to put a, maybe a, a couple of hundred extra dollars towards that, but I was trying to, because sometimes with tax return money, I get a little nutsy, and, and it, it's like, before you turn them out, like, gosh, you know, it's all gone. So I'm trying to be a little bit more uh, judicious uh, with this money. What would be your advice for people who get this economic impact payment? I guess needs versus wants is one thing that when we get some extra money is always good to think about. Yeah, and what you talked about, I think, is what a lot of people are feeling right now, even though, you know, you, Kevin, you are a state employee, your um, job is probably fairly secure at this point, you're close to retirement, um, but still, a lot of people are feeling that uncertainty, and even though this is intended for us to go out and spend and spur economic activity, a lot of people are responding the same way you are. Maybe I need to hang on to some of this. Maybe I need to pay down debt. You talked about paying down credit card because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And for those people whose jobs are not secure, it becomes even more important to make sure if you don't already have a savings account, an emergency fund account, which we always preach about, then that's where part of that money is probably going to go because you don't know what's going to happen next week, next month. Um, If you are secure in your job, if you do already have a good savings account, I have encouraged folks to look for a small business that could use some help, you know, send some business their way. Um, And that's the best way to spur some economic activity. Uh, The CARES Act gives some new and temporary rules concerning IRAs. Uh, Let's uh, start with required minimum distributions. What what are the new rules uh, for that? Well, let me just back up and explain a required minimum distribution, because even though I've told that to folks I work with all the time, um, they're still coming back and saying, now, wait a minute, what is this thing? Well, when we have retirement accounts, um, the government has given us this wonderful gift of uh, tax deferral. We can not pay taxes on the money we put in. We cannot pay taxes on the growth. But at some point, the government wants their share of that, and they get it when 
then we take money out. And they force us to start taking money out now at age 72. If you are older or if you have a beneficiary IRA, you've inherited an IRA, it may be younger. And it is a calculation based on your age and the value of the account on the last day of the previous year. So they recognize, Congress recognized that if we force people to continue doing that this year, the last year of 2019 was really good on the stock market. So if you look at that value and do that calculation, then you're going to have a pretty large number that you have to take out this year when the market is down and you may have to cash out of things at the wrong time. And so that is because uh, because of that difference in valuation, they gave us the break of this year and this year only that we don't have to take required minimum distributions. And we are encouraging our folks not to take them if you don't have to. Now, some people need to do that because they need that income. And you can still do that. But every penny you take out is a penny of income that shows on up on your income taxes. And especially for retired people, if you're taking out large amounts before that were required, it could even affect the percentage of your Social Security that is being taxed. And so really go back and look at that and look at all of your IRA accounts and consider, do I really need this income? Can I take it from somewhere else that doesn't create a tax liability? So that's a huge advantage for us this year. I uh, wanted to ask you about r- new rules about borrowing from the IRA, uh, but we do have a couple of callers on the line, so let's get to that first, and we'll begin again saying good morning to Eugene. Eugene, you're on the air with us, so go ahead, please. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, my question is, I haven't ha- I had a situation where I haven't been able to get my taxes filed for three years, so I'm, uh, my question is, am I going to be able to get the, you know, the $1,200, you know, uh, tax or uh, uh, credit there? Or uh, is that uh, something or something I needed to do? Okay, you're in in an interesting situation because they don't have records on you. And so you need to go to irs.gov and look up no filers, and there's a way for you to then submit your information as a non-filer. Um, And again, that does apply to people who haven't been filing because their income is low enough that they're not required to, but it also would be people in your situation that have simply not filed for various other reasons. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Eugene, for your call. Let's move on next. Sally is on the line from Brandon. It's your turn, Sally. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I have two children that I claim that are college students that are over the age of 16. So, therefore, we did not get stimulus for them, and they did not get stimulus. Uh, They're basically just pretty much out. Do you see the government changing any of that and adding those people in that's been left out? Thank you for your help. Well, um, Sally, I have not heard that they would do that, and you are correct in that there is an age cutoff for those children that are supposed to get $500 per child. I have not heard them saying they were going to change that. You might want to consider even trying to um, allow your college students to file on their own. That would allow them to qualify at that point, I think. Um, But that would be our only option. Thank you. Thanks, Sally, for your call. Our email address for questions is money at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion on the current financial situation in just a bit. Got calls waiting and questions uh, for Nancy on some of the new rules uh, involved with uh, IRAs. We'll get to that as well. And another money joke for you. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. 
Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Monday Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. I'm Kevin Farrell, here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and chartered financial analyst. Our producer, Liz Gill, has uh, come up with a couple of observational, uh, humorous bits uh, in the uh, financial repercussions of the pandemic. Uh, Costco has priced an 82-inch Samsung TV for, you guessed it, $1,200. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, we are looking for your personal finance questions today, and Nancy, we got a full a phone bank of questions to get to. So let's start again with George in Jackson. George, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Yes, uh, question. I have an IRA account and a Roth IRA account. Can I move my minimum distribution from the IRA to the Roth account? No, you cannot. Um, and understand that this year you don't have to take the required minimum distribution. Yes. Now, what you can do is um, you could do something called a Roth conversion. That does allow you to take money from your what we call the traditional IRA that is tax-deferred and convert it to a Roth. Uh, you wouldn't normally do that with your required minimum distribution. You could do that with larger amounts. And um, you pay tax on whatever you push over into the Roth IRA. So if you convert, let's say, $20,000, then $20,000 is going to show up on your income taxes uh, for next year, and you'll pay income on that or pay tax on that income. And um, the advantage of that is once it gets into the Roth, it will grow tax-free. And so that's a huge thing for a lot of people. We do that. Uh, we'll do Roth, uh, partial Roth conversions to gradually move some over from the traditional IRA to the Roth IRA, and it gives you a pot of tax-free money if you have uh, big events, you know, buy a car, take a trip, uh, repairs at the house, those kinds of things, and you don't have to face a tax liability. The other thing it does is by gradually moving from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA and conversions, you're going to lower your future required minimum distributions and lower your future tax bill. Okay, thank you. One more question. If I did that this year, how much trouble am I in? If you did that, um, what's going to happen is you're going to have to go back. um, Who did you do that with? Pardon? Was it a bank, a brokerage house? Who did you do that with? Uh, I just did it. it You just did it. I, I, I moved it from one account to another and made a deposit. One when I made a withdrawal from the other. Um, okay. Did you, um, are you still working? No, retired, and uh, probably if I had another thousand dollars of income, uh, it wouldn't have changed my taxes yet. Okay. Um, did, what is your account at the bank? Uh, no, it's a it's a with a brokerage house. Okay, it's with a brokerage house. Um, I'm yeah. surprised they let you do this. Uh, which brokerage house? 
I don't want to get them in trouble with it. Actually, I made oh, okay. one, one account and put it in my other account. I did it. They, they didn't. Okay. Participate in this. You probably need. You probably need to go back to that brokerage account and explain what you did, and they can probably, you know, backstop this by just doing some paperwork because normally there is paperwork you have to file to do a conversion process, and that's basically what you did without doing the formal process. I follow you. Thank you for your help. Thanks, George, for your... Okay, clean it up. <laughs> your call. Uh, next, we've got uh, William calling in from Kent Lewis, Louisiana. William, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm on uh, Social Security as a disabled veteran, and uh, I got okay, a lot of people in the, the, the uh, neighborhood. It's all up to the city but the little one in my neighborhood has to see any stimulus money. Not even the one that's working. I live in Chickwood, Louisiana. I was just wondering, though, how they decide who gets the money first. Uh, when are we going to get the money? Are we going to get any money? All right, uh, William, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, uh, Nancy, did you were you able to understand he was asking when he might I, get I money? Didn't. I think. I, I missed a lot of that. There was background noise. I couldn't catch all of that. I think William wanted to know, uh, he gets Social Security, and he wonders when he's going to get his stimulus check because nobody he knows has gotten it yet. Okay. Um, if you're on Social Security, I think he mentioned uh, disability. Yes, I thought I heard uh, that as some well. Some people may be on disability. Um, you still should get that. Um, the only qualification is household income, and for a single person, up to 75000 Certainly somebody on Social Security or Social Security disability would qualify in that case, and a household of uh, joint filers is up to $150,000. Um, so it should be on the way, and what we're hearing is, you know, if you're a Social Security recipient, they have your information, and most of the time that is deposited directly into a bank account, and they should be able to get that to you. For some people, they are going to get physical checks in the mail, and uh, that may take a little bit longer. All right, William, thanks for your call. Nancy, didn't, I thought you earlier said that that probably was the next sort of batch of, of, of uh, the stimulus checks going out would be to Social Security recipients. If it, I think that's what you mentioned. Uh, and, Kevin, we are hearing that, but I'm going to qualify everything with, you know, <laughs> this is all a brand-new game. Be patient. Um, uh, they don't really have the systems to do this as quickly as we would like them to do it. Um, but keep checking. All right. You should qualify. Okay, let's move on. Next, it's Joe in Magnolia. Good morning, Joe. Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, I go with a similar question. I just was, I'm on Social Security Disability Insurance, and the uh, question was is I get like $9,000 a year to live on, but, um, you know, I'm still manageable, and I just was wondering if, that, if I was going to be eligible for that $1,200. Uh, you know, be you being, yes. I'm so yes, low, sir, should, I mean, I'm, I'm lower than poverty level. $8,000 is kind of poverty, isn't it? It is. And yeah. um, for folks on the lower end, that $1,200 is very important to be able to get through this time. And you do qualify. That's great news. Thank you very much. You have a great and wonderful day. Thanks, Joe, for your call. Thank you. Next, we've got uh, Donna calling in from Shaw. Donna, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Uh, you call, I'm talking to Donna from Brookhaven? I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Donna. Okay. 
I'm going to make it as brief as I can. I have a small business. I have two part-time employees whose wages fluctuate because uh, they are part-time, so their hours aren't the same. I have, according to the bank, qualified for $7,500 for the PPP. And I'm needing to know, I know 75% of that, $7,500, has to go to employee wages. If that turns out to be more than their average wage, is that okay, or will I end up having to pay that back to the government? Oh, wow, Donna, this is a good question because um, this has popped up with a lot of people in your situation. And also bear in mind, you think about um, businesses that are located in big cities where rents are very high so that their payroll doesn't represent 75% of all of their expenses. But that is the uh, requirement that's being put on this money. That if you want to be forgiven, 75% of the loan has to go to payroll. Now, do you pay yourself at all? No, I don't. I, I just kind of take money out as I need it. So, okay, I'm, I'm and, in, and and limbo about that. One, okay, one way around this may be that your payments to yourself should be considered part of that payroll. Do you have a CPA who helps you with your business taxes? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, Go talk to that CPA. Um, I'm sure they're holed up somewhere just like all of us, but you should be able to get to them and ask that question. Um, a lot of CPAs we work with are working with their business clients to make sure they comply. So talk yeah. to that person and see if you can arrange to have your own payments be part of payroll so this can all fit with the requirements. Well, he, I, have, I have asked, and he doesn't know for sure either. So how did oh, he get that information? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I think you're going to have to certify on the back end if you want to be um, forgiven for that loan. If not, you are going to have to pay it back. Now, it's a low-interest loan. Um, what interest rate did you get? I know that I don't know. Okay, you need to go back bank. and look at the paperwork to see. I think they were allowed to go up as high as 4%, but we okay. should be seeing anywhere from, you know, 1% to 3% on those loans. Um, and that would still make it doable for a small business to manage that. And then there's also some provisions in there for delaying payments, I think six months, and then um, a longer time to pay those back. But if you want to be forgiven, yes, 75% has to be shown to have gone to payroll. Okay, so the full 75% I can send, pay, use payroll, and then the other 25% I can use on my light bill, in, in which I'll have money left over, so I just give that back. Um, right. Well, you, you, you can use it for other expenses. Um, you know, if you give your employees any kind of benefits, um, health insurance, uh, vacation time, anything like that, that can be considered as part of your total payroll expense. Vacation time could be, even for part-time employees? Yes. Okay. I don't have any other so there's, expenses there's a, right now because I am shut down. Little, Okay, but but if you have if you've built in um, vacation time into your payroll, then that's part of your overall expense. So here okay. again, um, if your CPA doesn't know, you need to find one who does and is more up to date on what's happening with all of this and can help you navigate it so that you do get forgiven for most of that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Thanks, Don, for your call. Uh, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, Nancy, earlier we were talking about um, required minimum distributions. Uh, uh, there are new rules about borrowing from an IRA that you're still contributing to. What information do you have in that? You can borrow, um, well, up to $100,000. You can take it out, and uh, you are allowed to put that back over three years. So it would have no tax consequence if you put it all back over three years. Or um, you can pay the tax that's due on it over three years. Normally, if you took $100,000 out of your IRA, that's 100000 of pure income. And about a third of that, maybe a quarter to a third, would be taxes that you'd have to pay. And for people who are facing a big crisis right now, um, they may be tapping their IRAs, even just to help their small business keep going. This is one way to do it and have money that you can get your hands on and have the option of putting it back so there's no tax or spreading out that tax over three years. After this break, we'll continue talking about the current financial situation, and you have a few minutes to contact us with your questions. We have an email to get to as well. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. We're pleased you found our show Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lodridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. A reminder that every Tuesday at 10 a.m., right after Money Talks, listen to In Legal Terms right here on MPB Think Radio. Uh, Nancy, here's an email that says, in 2008, I filed taxes and claimed a parent as a dependent, received the stimulus check. 2019, I was not required to file taxes. Would my parent be able to get the check? She gets Social Security. Well, um, so I'm assuming the parent is not filing taxes at all. And if it's only Social Security, that parent may be below the income limit that is required to file taxes, which means this person probably needs to go um, to the IRS site and look for the no filers and put in um, his or her parents' information so that they can qualify. All right. Got some phone calls to wrap us up. Let's start first with uh, Anna, who's called in today. Good morning, Anna. You're on the air with us, so go ahead. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Good. What What do you have for us? Okay. I have a small business. I have a, a real estate firm. I don't have any employees, but I do have expenses. So I filed for the emergency fund grant of 10000 So I'm wondering what I can spend that money on if I get that grant. Oh, my goodness, um, because this is a little bit different than the Paycheck Protection Program since yeah. you don't have employees. Um, and my understanding is basically any business expenses. Now, I can't swear to that. I need to go back and look that up, Anna, um, because yours is a little bit different. Um, so I, um, I'm sorry. I can't tell you right now. I'll see if I can find it and send it through to the show. That would be great. I've also advised my uh, agent to file for the unemployment. And uh, is that correct to do for them since they are uh, yes. independent contractors? 
Yes. Um, so if you have, uh, and of course, agents who work for a real estate company are typically considered contract employees, right? Right. Independent contractors. Right. And so independent contractors, uh, self-employed people, um, you may even qualify to file for unemployment. Now, here's the problem that we've run into when we've talked to the uh, Mississippi unemployment folks. They have said um, they're a little behind on getting the program for contractors and uh, self-employed people up and running. But based on the CARES Act, those folks would still qualify, and you would have to use probably your old tax information to show what you earned in the past, and so the state's um, weekly amount that they were going to pay you depends on your income. And what we also are hearing is that the extra 600 a week coming from the federal government does not. So I am encouraging all independent contractors, self-employed people, if you have seen a reduction in hours, a reduction in your pay, you don't have to be totally laid off. You can still file. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate the information. Uh, Anna, I'm going to put you back on hold. If you could share an email with us, uh, Nancy might be able to get that information that you wanted and email you directly. So let me put you on hold and see if we can't uh, get some uh, email address for you. Next, we'll move on. Danny is on the line from Pascagoula. Danny, it's your turn. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, Mom? I call her Mom because she got it together. I wish she was running for president. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. I'm, I'm actually I'm a sorry, grandma. My, my, mom's name, my mom's name is Nancy, so, you know, listen, let me ask That's you a question. I think you name. answered most of it. I, I work Lyft. I'm a, a disability vet. I only get $140 a month for my veterans. Yes, that's right. And um, I... Uh, I haven't had Lyft that much in Pasadena. It's been really slow, so I haven't had a chance to get. And I've been trying to get through to the Mississippi Department of Employment and the small business. I was fi- trying to find out, does Lyft also be considered as self-employment uh, or self-contractor? Um, okay, now explain what you're doing. I thought you said you, you're getting some sort of veteran's disability, right? Yeah, I'm getting a veteran disability. It's only like 20%. It's like $140 a month. And then I do a lift uh, the, uh, most of the time. That's my the, kind of my full time. But right now, because of this uh, the, the uh, virus going on, it, it, it's like dead in the water where I'm at in Pasigula. So I was trying Got to... Got it. So, so you are, you're, you're self-employed on one side, right? Right. Okay, so you do qualify to file. Now, as I mentioned to an earlier caller, the the program that they're setting up for self-employed people and independent contractors is a little slow getting going. And you may have to um, talk to somebody on the phone, which means you're going to be very patient, or try filing online. And they're probably going to base the state payment to you on your previous income from that business. So you need to have some decent records on that side. But I would keep trying, and you should qualify. Yeah, because, see, I started this year, and, uh, I, you know, this is, I really, this is when I really went into it this year. So I really don't have much records for last year. So that going okay, that's really going to be a, a harder thing to do. Um, and that's where I think even just trying to file online, you're going to run into roadblocks. You need to talk to somebody 
and um, and I'm also hearing that it's really hard to even get a decent working number from the Mississippi Employment Security Commission because they're so bogged down. But keep trying and see what you can do. All right, Danny, thanks for the call. Let's uh, have one final call. Brett's calling in from Gulfport. About two minutes left to go. Brett, if you could be brief. Okay. I hate taking RMDs. Uh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned we don't have to take RMD for, uh, is it this year or 2019? This year. No, sir, this year. For 2020. But th- Yeah, right. But your 2020 RMD is based on the value on 12-31-2019. Uh, right. Okay. And now I've already been taking RMDs for a few years, uh, so I can still not right. have to take it for 2020. Exactly. Isn't that great? That's a gift. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thank you. That's a big tax savings. Good luck. All right. Uh, Nancy, only got about a minute left. Um, again, if so if people are considering what to do when they receive these checks in the mail, maybe just a quick reminder of, of what you think would be prudent to do with the money. Um, I'm going to say to folks who are concerned about their jobs and their incomes, um, especially if you're already laid off, then you may need to look at uh, putting that into savings. Um, I'd seen one advisor even say, hey, pay down your credit cards. And I'm thinking, no, that's not good advice in the middle of all of this because you need cash. Cash is king right now as we're looking at a recession and an economic uh, crisis. Um, So it's more important for you to have it parked and safe somewhere rather than to pay down debt. Um, For those people who have very secure jobs, and if you're comfortable, you've already got savings, I'm encouraging them to look at a small business that could use a little revenue and would be happy to see a customer show up. So help some of those folks in your area. All right. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org or just listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. So for Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for Money Talks only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.